He's here. Yes, he is. <laughs> That's me. And I'm Alan. Hello. Uh, <laughs> and Brent's here, I hear. Yes. Moving on. And <laughs> I'm just going to make a start over now. <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> Those listening at home, like... Alan's not annoyed because I ruined one of his intros. He's mad because I ruined seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should just go through all of them before I even exactly. <laughs> say either of your names. Yeah, just take one, take two, take yeah. three. <laughs> Susie Bad Girl, Brent, <laughs> and when he says it, it's a dirty word, he. I try my best. Today we're going to be going over... Uh, Six! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's one of the words I had written down, like that was one quote by yeah. itself for this episode. But <laughs> you got your best line? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm sure there's more and in it than just multiple uh, paper, paper clips, clips on his, yeah. uh, his uh, recap there. Is it because the, you needed four paper clips to hold all those nine pages together securely, or is there Correct. some other? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping it was something cool like a weird flip book or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I went ahead and just did an animation. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to speak along. Let me see if I can time it just right. Exactly, because everybody knows the next era of podcasting is flip books. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll hear it, and then we'll just kind of narrate. Yeah, exactly. How big of a flip book would it have to be for you to be able to effectively narrate it? <laughs> It'd have to be a flip It would have to be like, phone book. whoops. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was someone slipping. Right. <laughs> so, listening audience is just sitting silently while you guys watch my <laughs> porno zootrope. <laughs> As we sit in stunned silence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, anyways, uh, you may have already uh, heard Brent allude to this, or you might hear it at the end of the episode, depending on where it ends up getting stuck at. But I did have several other intros that I considered for this episode. Would you guys like to hear them? Yes, please. Certainly. (laughs) All right. I considered listening, uh, or I considered introducing one of you as a uh, man using loner tech. Um, I also uh, considered a man who uh, does this podcast because he's got nothing better to live for. (laughs) (laughs) 
about a man with a friend that just happens to be a girl. <laughs> <laughs> this year's Miss Gouda Cheese uh, yeah. um, would have been a good one. And uh, get the crown. Yeah. Fragrant, fra- fragrance, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You should have introduced Ski as a friend who happens to be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just happens to be. Yeah. Well, I thought about introducing Ski as a, until he finds out where he belongs, he lives here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did have the, the Gouda crown as one oh, of them gotcha. as well, something allusion to that. So. Yeah. But yeah, so it's... Uh, I know there was like like Brent uh, mentioned earlier or mentions later, mm-hmm. depending on, <laughs> yeah. on where it ends up. But there was a lot of lines that would have worked well for an intro mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, um, but Easter famine sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, did either of you guys have any? Uh, I don't know anything going on in your lives you want to mention before we start the episode? No, not that I can think of. Okay, well, I did have a few uh, listener interactions. If you'd mm-hmm. like to hear those, okay. I'll always love to hear those. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes it's why I show up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the last motivation, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. The last and only. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just looking for some validation. <laughs> I would argue, though, that the last motivation really is just to get it over with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this final season. Uh. Well, these, uh, these comments were on the post that we did for... Uh, Season 7, episode 23 okay. of the Golden Girls. Those people are getting to the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Home Again Rose, part one was, oh, yeah. was that episode. So we got a comment from Stacy. Now, okay. I, I will tell you in mine, let me read you what I had put down for my uh, weekly update. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I guess this is as good a chance as any to come clean. Brent actually died of a massive heart attack right after season one, episode 20, Adult <laughs> Education. <laughs> Since then, the role of Brent has been filled by an AI program designed by Ski. <laughs> it's kind of obvious when you consider that no human could have the depth and detail of pop culture knowledge that Brent does. <laughs> I said that Brent Bot has. Um, <laughs> although it is surprising that Ski would program it to deliver such devastating insults in his direction. <laughs> yeah, I can't believable. On some level. Yeah. And I said, uh, whatever reviews on the impending AI uprising, I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> we hope you'll join us for an all-new episode of Sophia's nice. Choice. Um, very good. Funny. Yeah, that's very fair. So Stacy, uh, Stacy made a comment. She said, mm-hmm. uh, "At least he went out on a high note." Yes. <laughs> After all, <laughs> thank you. Adult education was his proudest moment in podcasting. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, "I said indeed, I'd go a step further and say it was his proudest moment in life." Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to his kids, but we all know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jennifer also commented. She said, uh, "I mean, he has said he would die on that hill." <laughs> so. <laughs> 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 Nothing if not a man of my word. Right. <laughs> and I can say I can say with certainty that Brent would want would uh, go out still clinging to a comedic bit. He'd probably even prefer it if the only one that found it funny was himself. <laughs> and then we did get a comment from a new listener, oh, yeah. um, or nice. at least a new comment, a comment from a listener who hasn't commented before. Okay. I should say. Very nice. Uh, Patrick. Uh, oh, welcome, Patrick. Patrick said, I love the show. Started listening a few months ago. Took nice. a break and restarted today. Okay. I tried to get you guys more listeners by describing the show as three middle-aged white guys recap episodes <laughs> of the Golden Girls. How would that not sell? <laughs> <Yeah>. That's a... <laughs> but it didn't seem to entice anyone. <laughs> I mean, that's... I always thought, you know, our only... Shortcoming was was uh, advertising. Yeah, I if we could get it out there. Yeah, that word of mouth. I'm surprised. Just like uh-huh. blood in a whisper campaign. <laughs> about how great we I would, are. You know, it would break servers. I would think. Yeah, 
But uh, I replied, thanks for listening. <laughs> it's shocking that your description uh, didn't drum up more listeners. Did you tell them about the cheesecake rating system? <laughs> that said, would affect a bunch. Yeah. And he said, that's what I forgot. <laughs> Eight slices for you three. Can't wait to hear the final episode. Congrats on seeing it through the end. Nice. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. well, that's very creative, yeah. too. I like that. Yeah, so three great comments. Yeah. Uh, Two of our great longtime listeners and a, and a newer one. Yeah, young up and comer. Yeah, we love all of them. Yeah, so. here see bright things in Patrick's future. <laughs> like the end, the end of this series. <laughs> <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> well. All right. Well, I don't have anything. You know, I did have a little story. Um, yeah. I just it's it's not that great of a story, but yeah. I am. Uh, I just wonder what your guys' thoughts thoughts are on it. So the other day, so Brent and I both use the same HVAC company. Yeah. And they do all kinds of things. Apparently they do electrical and plumbing and everything too. 20 bucks a month. Yeah. And so with them, they also, I don't know if you've had this, but when I first signed up, it was like, oh, okay. And you get like, they come out twice a year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Once for your AC, once for your heating. Mm -hmm. Well, then they've also been calling recently and be like, oh, we can set up to have an electrical inspection and a Mm -hmm. plumbing inspection, which I know that. Mm-hmm. I went ahead and I agreed to it, but I know that these inspections are just chances mm-hmm. for them to drum up business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's what all of these things are really, mm-hmm. um, is mostly for them to drum up business. Yeah. But we had our annual uh, HVAC inspection the other day, uh-huh. and it was a, a woman who came out, which is unusual in that industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. She was a little condescending at different points. Oh, yeah. I'm um, just about. Yeah. Nice. Well, we have <laughs> both of our ACs are getting on in years, but they're both still working. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. she's like, oh, well, this one, you know, looks like it's low on coolant or whatever. Like, you know, mentioned a couple of things like the coil's dirty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's keeping the house where it's supposed to be at yeah. as far as the temp goes. And the, I was like, you know, we'll just, you know, like, oh, and she started saying something. I was like, oh, so you're saying it's kind of on its last leg. She's like, I'm saying it's something. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Do you ask her not to woman-splain to you? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was fine. I mean, I, I'm, I have no issue with telling people, no, I'm good. I'll yeah. wait until this thing craps out. Like, yeah. I'm not going to mm-hmm. replace something yeah. just because it's getting old. I mm-hmm. mean, if that's the case, then I'll be getting replaced soon enough. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd like to get to my natural conclusion and not be <laughs> replaced in advance. <laughs> <laughs> You, yeah, you don't want Sherry to go ahead and get her. Yeah, get a her forever model. husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, needs to, she needs to be more discreet. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, the the, uh, the woman she was like, oh, and like at the end of it, she gives me her card. Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, you know, we have this uh, competition um, for mm-hmm. reviews, uh-huh. and I'm the only girl in the office, so you know, uh, I'd really like it if you could give me a review. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I was a. Uh, you know, of course, I was cordial. I was like, yeah. yeah you know, it would have been funnier if you were mean. If I was mean. <laughs> I just said, look, I will review you because you were so <laughs> rude. <laughs> Good luck winning your little competition. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> See? Funnier. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I'm not saying my technician was sniffy. I am just saying she attracted bears. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she was, like I said, it was all fine and all that, but it was just, uh, I don't know, it's odd to me for someone to be like a little condescending, be like, yeah, 
Tom, could you leave me a review? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody won a contest. So yeah. Well, best of luck to her. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe she's just having a rough day, though, you know? Yeah, it could be. So. Maybe she was just a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, that could be, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I should try to give the, the hard sell on replacing uh, your system. Whatever. I mean, I've gotten it, you know, every time someone comes over to look at those stuff, that's what it, you know, yeah. what it is. And it's like, oh, you could put this thing on your mm-hmm. uh, compressor to extend its life. And I'm thinking, you're already telling me it's half dead. Why am I going to spend $250 mm-hmm. or whatever to put it? So it'll only be a quarter dead? Yeah. <laughs> so. I will say, uh, as far as uh, air conditioners go, mm-hmm. ours has died. Uh, like, we have apparently an undersized air conditioner for our house. Oh, okay. Which, when we moved under our house, was new to yeah, us. Yeah, it was we, what they put in, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, we had no idea anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And it's lasted us now 20 years. Mm-hmm. But it did die, and uh, I was able to pop off one of the control panels, and I saw that, uh, well, first of all, we looked up online, of course, like, what what could cause it, right? Right, yeah. And see if there's anything cheap that we could maybe replace. Turns out there was a compressor that was like 20, 25 bucks bought online. Mm-hmm. I replaced it myself. Done. Oh, very impressive. Last very nice. Since, so. Yeah. so you're saying that I shouldn't spend two hundred and fifty dollars to get the ex- the compressor extender? Well, I haven't the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> that is well beyond my knowledge yeah. base. <laughs> well, I know it's something because our house is an odd house where it's kind of it, it's a fairly large house square footage wise, but it, it's partly because it's like one half was built in eighty eight, right? And one and half it's was got built that in two thousand one, yeah. and so both of them are getting on in years. But I'm you know certainly trying to wait. I think the one, the one on the older side of the house is actually a newer unit, like mm-hmm. it was in. But the other yeah. one, the other side of the house, I think was from two thousand one, so it's mm-hmm. you know over twenty years old at this point. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I'm going to wait till the bitter end on, yeah. on it before I replace it. So. I know Ski's older units actually just a box fan and a block of ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I did it myself. <laughs> Wop my hands and say, done. <laughs> I didn't need ITT tech or anything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, didn't it close? Yeah, I believe it did. So I couldn't have gone there anyway. Yeah, yeah. not at this point. So. What a loss. Yeah. I mean, I was feeling maybe I was unemployed or underemployed. What could have turned my look, career around? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, that opportunity is no longer there for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling Gwen because you know she's uh, mm-hmm. getting to the age sophomore in, in high school now, and you know they're starting to push more as far as mm-hmm. prepping to go to college, yeah. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as uh, making sure you have the stuff for your resume yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of options, but I hear that uh, Cummings Trucking Institute. <laughs> 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 if you want to drive the big rigs, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, send her through driver's ed with a dual major. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. She's in a chemistry class now that's a dual credit class mm. where she gets uh, college yeah. credits for that's completing really it. Yeah. yeah. And I told her she did a quiz on it last week, and she got like a 93. And I was like, so you do realize that as a 15-year-old sophomore, you just got an A on a college-level yeah. quiz. and. She felt pretty proud of that one. Yeah, as well she should. Yeah. Indeed. I don't feel like that when I went to high school, they had that shit um, where you could get, <laughs> maybe we went to a janky school. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, what about at Warren? Like, that was a huge school. So did they have? I'm sure they, like, so I think most of the uh, AP type classes and, and college mm-hmm. credit were mm-hmm. all for seniors, though. Mm, okay. Like, yeah. I don't think it was all, maybe I'm wrong because I'm not smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, I do know that a lot of my friends that were smarter than me that had like AP classes and stuff mm-hmm. were all called or uh, cre- ugh, sorry, were all offered senior year and such. Oh, okay. So I mean, I think I might have taken one that could have counted as AP. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't remember yeah. though. I took AP U.S. History, but that was the only one I bothered with, just because science and math and all that stuff not my not my jam. Mm. If you would have gone in an academic route, what do you think it would have been like? I could imagine you being a professor. Mm-hmm. Would you would you be sure. one of those bullshit classes like history of rock and roll, or would you have done? <laughs> that's, a, that's a legit class. <laughs> a class you would enjoy teaching is what he means. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's a legit class. But yeah, I'd like to think you know. Mm-hmm. I could definitely imagine that. Have you ever considered going back and pursuing that? Because nah. oh man, you would. Be a pretty cool professor, I think. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> you'd be the kind who maybe would get yourself in a little trouble in a day, oh, day little, and age. Little Professor Cooper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was wondering if you go there. <laughs> it's all in the mindset. I like yeah. the idea that that's what you call yourself. Uh, your 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 package is little Professor Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> or just Professor Cooper. We don't have to call it little <laughs> Professor Cooper. <laughs> Um, one of the classes Gabby's taking this year is, um, uh, and I think it's a class that all freshmen have to take, mm. um, it's called Current Problems. Ah, and, really? Yeah. And so I asked her about it the other day. I was like, so how's that class going? And she's like, it's horrible. I don't like it. It's the worst class ever. And I was like, what don't you like about it? She's like, all the teacher does is just complain. <laughs> and I was like, well, what's he complain about? She's like, everything, Republicans, Democrats, the environment. He just won't stop. <laughs> and I, I was like, well, the class is called Current Problems, and you don't, you don't think those are problems? And she's like, you're supposed to come with solutions. Uh, and I was like, well, if that dude had the solution, he wouldn't be teaching at your school. Right. <laughs> he's just passing the buck exactly. to the next generation that needs to find those solutions. You're expecting way too much from this man. Right. <laughs> he's like, this is what we screwed up. You yeah. guys fix it. Yeah. Like, yes, teachers are, are a wonderful resource. Yeah. However, <laughs> if this man could cure all the problems yeah. in the world, he'd be very highly sought after yeah. <laughs> many industries. So. I would say he'd be highly sought after by, like, assassins. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is definitely uh, something to be said for uh, the uh, continuation of misery and dissent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. yeah. All right. Well, I've got everything I had out of the way, so. Yeah. You, when you're ready, you want to kick off our episode? Or? Sure, I'll pass it off to Brent. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Sounds good. I knew one of you two guys did it. Yeah. Tag him in. That's right. Let me take off some of the old paper clips oh, here. That's right. I even alluded to your nine-page uh, nine recap. That's so. right. I hope the microphone's picking up those sweet paper clips. <laughs> Trying to be a little noisy with it. <laughs> All right, so... um. Golden Girls, uh, we're going season eight, episode four, One Old Lady to Go. This episode was written by Jim Vallali and directed by Lex Pissaris, or as the shippers call him, Valeris. <laughs> no relation to the Asian bread flour, naturally. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. <laughs> so this episode originally aired on October 9th, 1992, and if you're like me, you're thinking, it's about damn time. <laughs> October October 9th is it's one of my all-time favorite days, and it's almost hard to believe it took us until season eight to get it representation. Oh, really? Yep. So this is the first time we had a show on this day. So let me guess. So you got nine pages of recap. I'm guessing seven pages are about October 9th. <laughs> <laughs> They're all about yeah. October 9th. Yeah. So it's like, 
I think I like on October. I think they're like 83 days left in the year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can do 83 facts. And <laughs> I threw in the towel after 26. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was scraping the bottom of the barrel after that. <laughs> Speaking of barrels, <laughs> um, in 1911, uh, Jack Daniel, the man who made quite a few of us get mm-hmm. through Christmas, died. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1919, the World Series was won by the Cincinnati Reds. Say it ain't so, Joe. Uh, 1922, Don Cheadle's Picket Fences co-star, Fivish Finkel, was born. Uh, 1940, uh, one of the top three greatest Beatles ever, John Lennon, was born. Top three. Top three. <laughs> yes. so who's, who's the one? Is it I'm Ringo? Guess Ringo. His... Yeah, I don't, oh, okay. I, I, I'd have a hard time putting Ringo in the top three Beatles. Oh, okay. <laughs> no disrespect to Ringo. I'm just yeah. saying. How else could it be taken, though? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's like... No, you can't, I mean, it's, he's still a Beatle. Sure. It's yeah. like, what's your you know least favorite pizza? It's your favorite pizzeria. Yeah. It's like, well, it's still a good pizza. I mean, but I'm still a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> So in uh, yeah, <laughs> in 1944, uh, my least favorite member of The Who, John Entwistle, was born. Uh, just as an aside, even though he's my least favorite member of The Who, he may still end up making me a few bucks someday. Oh, so? Uh, so I was at a Who concert as a lad, and he was selling autographed prints. Um, so I handed the guy at the merch table my 20 bucks, and he gave me a nice drawing that John had done and signed. And, you know, I left it at my dad's house when I left home, and, you know, through no fault of my own, it recently came back to me. So I went online to see what it was worth, and they were being sold for about a thousand bucks. Wow! So I hope that, that would definitely rock him to my yeah most favorite probably. That's right. So I'm hoping that when he has nothing left to spend his money on Jim Mercy, gives me twenty thousand for it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have to go through any process to uh, get it authenticated, or is this something where um, I think there's the, enough of them out there that people know uh, what's that, what's <clears throat> his and what's not? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It is really cool. Yeah. Um, it's too bad you just shit on him right before you get a thousand bucks because of his name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I guess at least then you don't feel as much like you're losing a piece of your collection. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have no sentimental attachment to John Entwistle. <laughs> In 1948, the poor man's James Taylor, Jackson Brown, was born. In 1949, Rod Temperton, English keyboard player, songwriter, producer, and Michael Jackson enabler, was born. Mm-hmm. So just imagine how different Corey Feldman and Macaulay Calkins' lives would be now if Rod Temperton hadn't written Thriller. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would think Macaulay Calkins' life has still gone pretty good post uh-huh. post the 80s or post 90s, whatever. Um, Corey Feldman, it's been a little different of a story. I mean... Uh-huh. I guess pretty good compared to other normal people, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's just such an oddball of a dude. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You don't but, think Michael's to blame for that? 
I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I think that Macaulay Culkin's life still turned out pretty good. Okay. And Corey Feldman turned out to be a fucking weirdo. Yeah. So. <laughs> Corey Feldman's the uh, Gary Busey of his generation. Uh, maybe, but I don't know. Gary Busey has kind of a cool craziness about him. Uh. <laughs> where I feel like Corey Feldman has a, just a creepy, desperate, weird. losery craziness about gotcha. him. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, I saw recently that Corey Feldman and his wife split up, which I believe his wife was someone who was a huge fan of his. Oh, yeah. And it was basically they split up because she had health problems she needed to deal with. <laughs> so, oh, oh like, man. Yeah. I mean, well, that's going to skyrocket his popularity, right? I mean, supposedly it was mutual or whatever. I don't know. It's an odd thing, though, to be like, I'm He's just... like, look, I can either divorce you or we can split up amicably. <laughs> yeah. It would, I mean, if you're a big fan, it would really look better for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We split up. On our own terms. <laughs> he just likes that the uh, news articles are writing that he has a fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1953, uh, the rich man Stanley Tucci, Tony Shalhoub, was born. Ah. <laughs> uh, you say the rich man's? Yeah, Stanley Tucci. Because Stanley Tucci is the poor man's Tony I Shalhoub. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1954, Scott Bakula. He might be the only person to kiss Dean Stockwell and Kathy Ireland was born. That's probably a fair assessment. Yeah, I think so. I'd like to call him Count Bakula. <laughs> <laughs> when he counts all the places he goes when he quantum leaps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In 1954, the poor man's Jay Peterman, John O'Hurley, was born. Okay. 1955, Linwood Boomer, the little house on the prairie actor who wrote for Night Court and created Malcolm in the Middle, was born. Already scraping. <laughs> 1958, <laughs> Al Jorgensen, Cuban-American singer-songwriter behind Industrial Metal Legends Ministry, was born. <laughs> oh, we're almost there. <laughs> 1964, <laughs> three-time Academy Award winner and director of The Nightman Alley remake, Guillermo del Toro, was born. Okay, well, that's solid. Uh, 1967, Shea Guevara. Argentinian-Cuban physician, politician, and inspiration to every fifth-rate third banana podcaster died. I think we're there. <laughs> 1967, Eddie Guerrero, uh, the journeyman wrestler and brother of the legend, uh, Chavo Guerrero, was born. To learn more about Chavo Guerrero, check out the all-time greatest album the Mountain Goats ever released. It's called Beat the Champ, and it'll improve your day a hell of a lot more than this week's podcast will. <laughs> Such an odd sentence. It's just a sentence of gibberish. The all-time greatest <laughs> album of a band you've likely never heard of. <laughs> it's such a great album. I mean, I don't doubt it. But. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like it's the only Mountain Goats album I'll listen to yeah. on, on a regular basis. I love that one so much. So, anyways, 1969, alt-rock polymath P.J. Harvey was born. Uh, 1969, keeper of the Beatles' flame Giles Martin was born. Mm. 1973. How the, does he keep the flame? Uh, he's the one who produces all the reissues and um, does the remixes, oh, the new stereo mixes and everything. Keeps yeah. it alive, basically, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, com- With new release track. type stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um, the bonus tracks and everything. So... <laughs> Uh, 1973, uh, the best TV detective this side of Colombo, Steve Burns, was born. What, what was Steve Burns then? The name's familiar, but I can't place him. Um, he had this crime-fighting dog named Blue, oh. and they would go looking for clues. 
<laughs> and I, I, I'm spacing on the name of the show, but right, yeah. it was right. a good Fighting one. Fighting dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like that? I the, love it. The McGruff Chronicles, I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, 1974, Oscar Schindler, who I believe Skis referred to as the poor man's Ray Fiennes, <laughs> died. <laughs> 1975, one of the three greatest Beatle kids, Sean Lennon, was born. Uh, so who are the other two greatest Beatle kids? Uh, Donnie Harrison and Zach Starkey. Not, who a, I go with. not a star in there either? Or is Starkey a star? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Zach Starkey is Ringo Starr's. Oh, very son. nice. Okay. Yep. At least you're giving a little something back exactly. to Ringo. Uh, so yeah, uh, none of Paul's kids made the cut. Although if you're into fashion, I think he has some that are good. Oh, okay. So, anyways, 1979, Chris O'Dowd, one of the funniest actors working today, was born. If you've not seen IT Crowd or Moon Boy or Family Tree, you're missing some of the best TV this century has produced. Mm. Uh, Which one of those again? Uh, Moon Boy, Family Tree, and IT Crowd. I have heard of none of those. I, I've Crowd. only heard of IT Crowd. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any of the three. Yeah. Um, Moonboy is really good. Um, Moonboy is good. Your kids would like that, I bet. Oh, okay. Um, and he, he plays the imaginary friend of Moonboy. Oh, okay. Know, so. uh, and Family Tree is a great one, too. My wife and I quote that one all the time. So, But IT Crowd, we've quote that one as well. Try not to scrape that cord with your uh, paper. All right. How about with the paper clip? Preferably not that either. <laughs> 1979, underappreciated Superman, Brandon Routh, was born. Uh, 1980. Was he the one from uh, Superman Returns? Yeah, yeah. I have not seen that one. Oh, Is it's it really good? good. Yeah. Um, so he plays Superman in that one. And then um, he's trying to battle Lex Luthor, who's got some sort of a land scheme going on. Who? Lex Luthor. Uh, no, not familiar. <laughs> For whatever reason, I always associate that with our former coworker Brandon. I don't know why. I think he was in a Superman. He was, and, yeah. And that, maybe the them sharing the same first name. Mm-hmm. I just have always placed the two of them together. Like, yeah. when I see that Superman in my mind, I see the Brandon we worked with space yeah. on, on his body. Yeah, well, I think when he looks <laughs> in the mirror, he sees the same thing. Probably so. <laughs> uh, 1980, uh, Pope John Paul II had his first tank sesh with the Dalai Lama. Mm. Uh, 1984, Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, starring birthday boy John Lennon's former bandmate Ringo Starr, debuted. Oh, and the fourth best Beatle, I hear. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 1986, the George Fox. Carlin was in that, too. He was, and Alec Baldwin, too, you know, before know he killed Alec. a man. Uh, Say before he killed a man? Yes. <laughs> Uh, 1986, Fox Broadcasting Company launched as the fourth U.S. television network when they debuted The Late Show, hosted by Joan Rivers. Hmm. And in 1986, The Phantom of the Opera, featuring the hit song Music of the Night, opens in London. For those that don't know, Music of the Night had music by Andrew Lloyd Webber and lyrics by Charles Hart, who was no relation to Lorenz Hart, who parted with <laughs> Richard Rogers before Rogers parted with Oscar Hammerstein. <laughs> you said you were scraping before. <laughs> well, that's, that's his recurring bit. Exactly. <laughs> so, so it's all grand on that one. Mm-hmm. So is that the end of your list? Yeah. Yep. I, I thought it was funny because I heard you wrapping it up like you're wrapping up sound to your voice. Like, And in 1986, yep. like, <laughs> a little English on there. So then nothing has happened in the 27 years since then, <laughs> on October 9th at least. Well, because all I went with was like births and deaths. Oh, okay. So I didn't go with any events. Mm. And like nobody really that I give a rat's ass about has died in the oh. last 20 years there or definitely has been born. <laughs> 
I mean, in all fairness, there's very few people that lived or died on that day that you mentioned that most people give a rat's ass about. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loves John Lennon. <laughs> sure, I said most. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Jack Daniel. Well, he died that day, yeah, that's true. So, Chris O'Dowd? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying none. I'm just saying that there definitely had to be some more contemporary people that more people would have given a crap about that were born on October 9th hey, in the last O'Dowd. 30 he years. In, he was in Bridesmaids. Like I'm, not like saying that that he, I'm not saying that everyone that you said was not was not mm-hmm. a uh, a value. I'm just uh-huh. saying you could have slid a couple, no. supple, slid a couple in for the kids in the audience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said we had a rating where they couldn't get to this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, they could get to it. It's not Real, like what? it's blocked. There's no password protection. There's no like age verification thing? They have to enter in a credit card number to prove they're 21? No. I mean, really? If they can get onto a porn website, then surely <laughs> our, our banter is not more damaging to their psyche than that. <laughs> Maybe in Utah. <laughs> it's in North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so you guys have anything to add to all that? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> what do we think? October 9th. October 9th. <laughs> I think you covered October 9th thoroughly. Okay. Well, up until a certain point. So the episode starts off in the kitchen. Uh, Sophia complains to Chewie that she's not making enough tips. Given how slowly she moves, I'm not surprised. Uh, she asks if she should wear a shorter skirt, and mm-hmm. Chewie says that threatening to wear a shorter skirt should be enough. If I were Chewie, I'd have taken the high road and maybe pointed out that the skirts were already short enough. It's her legs that need lengthening. <laughs> Now, don't you feel, though, like that... Now, granted, she was short on tips more, I think, because of their lack of business than anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'd be more inclined to over-tip an old lady, even if she was slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, I have. Uh, Sophia tells Blanche and Chewie that uh, you know she needs to make a few bucks in order to replace her teeth. Her current pearly whites aren't going to make it past the pearly gates. Cousin Oliver enters the kitchen and asks Chewie if he has any old cans lying around. Uh, Chewie points him towards his cans, his precious antique cans, and Oliver, <laughs> and Oliver tells him that he's going to recycle them in order to spend social time with a young lady at Waterworld. <laughs> Oliver and Sophia head out to the junkyard to try and find some scrap metal to recycle. I like Oliver and Sophia together in theory. I think that they could have had a lot of fun adventures together, especially since they're the two that are on a fixed income. Right. Um, <laughs> they just needed a better Oliver than the one they got. Rose enters the kitchen and she hustles five dollars. Shane Estelle deserves better. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> so Rose enters the kitchen and she hustles five dollars from Chewy. Uh, she tells him that someone is trying to stiff her and she just wants the tip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Blanche turns her attention to Roland, and we see that he still not touched the gigantic sandwich that was made for him. He does seem to have made a dent in his midday wine, though, so that's something. Uh, Blanche offers to help Roland explain the birds and or the bees to Oliver. If there's one thing kids respond to, it's getting the talk from a grandma. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a there, there's a funnyish moment where uh, you know Blanche refers to herself as a soldier in the never-ending war against virginity. <laughs> Uh, Chewie tells her that she's been promoted and offers her a salute. He stops short of telling her she's earned a purple heart or whatever purple appendage is most appropriate for that honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I kind of didn't wonder, he call her a four star general? He did. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder how seriously Roland considered Blanche's advice. You know, it's one thing for Mother Hollingsworth to tell her daughter that sex is her duty. It just hits different when Roland tells Oliver that sex is a woman's duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Hopefully he moderated that a little bit. <laughs> Did a little, uh, yeah. you know, creative editing yeah. on the advice. Well, if you remember, I don't want to give away at the end, but he basically flakes out of giving him the talk. Oh, yeah, I guess I kind of forgot about the talk as the episode went on. But Anything else about that opening kitchen scene you want to comment upon? No, I think you got it pretty well. Yeah, it was okay. very good. Uh, all right, so the uh, next scene starts off in the lobby. Uh, the telephone rings, and Roland explains that a call to a caller that they've reached the Golden Palace Hotel, not the Golden Palace Chinese Restaurant. Sophia enters, and we find out that Rose's deadbeat customer is still around, and uh, she's still not picking up a check. Sophia perks up when she discovers that there's money to be made in impersonating a Chinese restaurant. Uh, we pivot to the patio and find Rose telling some St. Olaf stories. They're well-received. And Rose couldn't be happier. Um, it always amazes me how listening to someone talk about something that's precious to them can keep them from putting their head in the oven on their next birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Rose's new BFF tells her that she can start calling her mama. Rose has already called her Vivian and Bonnie, so what's one more name amongst friends? Right. <laughs> Uh, once Rose uses the M word, uh, Vivian's demeanor immediately changes. Uh, she also starts referring to Rose as Charlene. That's quite the trigger word. You know, Rose is initially confused, but she recovers quicker than you'd expect Rose to. Uh, she asks Vivian if she can call her husband, and Vivian reminds her that he's over there. <laughs> <laughs> Vivian then tells Charlene that, you know. <laughs> I forgot about that joke until I got there, so that's why the melody was a ah. little off. <laughs> I think you still came across. Yeah, Thank you. yeah you stuck the landing. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so Vivian tells Charlene that if Adolf, or Mr. Hitler if you're nasty, <laughs> bumps, in, <laughs> bumps into her daddy before he's had his coffee, that war is going to be over sooner rather than later. You know, that's quite possibly the funniest line slash reading we'll get all season. That's my mama. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. I think the idea that was funny is like, yeah, I mean, as long as he's fully caffeinated, he'll, you know, he'll treat Hitler in a much more dignified fashion. <laughs> oh, see, I... <laughs> <laughs> but if he's, if he's pissed off and hasn't had his coffee yet, exactly. then it's going to oh, go, it go badly. <laughs> I, I took enough beatings from your uncaffeinated father to know that Hitler don't stand a chance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Caused her brain issues. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe contributed at least. But. Yeah. So Charlene escorts Mama back into the lobby. Uh, she's about to get her a room when Roland struts in like he's Liberace at the Las Vegas <laughs> Sands Hotel. He did. He had something to walk. He yeah. did. <laughs> so Roland tells the Goldens that they're liable for every senile old lady on the property and they best contact the proper authorities before he gets back from his errands. Everyone leads the lobby, and Sophia is left manning the desk. Uh, the phone rings, and she begins processing an order for Chinese takeout. Uh, she tells the caller her name is Hu Mi, and the audience loves it. They love it even more, even more when she ropes Oliver into her scheme and when she lets him know that his Asian name is going to be Hey You. Mm -hmm. uh, the next scene continues in the lobby, but it occurs after Roland returns from the accountant's office. He discovers that Vivian is still shacking up at the Golden Palace, and both before and after the commercial break, he tells Rose that shit won't fly. You know, he, she tells Roland and Blanche that she knows what she's doing and storms off. 
you know, Blanche follows suit and Roland is left manning the front counter of the newly established Golden Palace Chinese restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the telephone rings and he gets mistaken for who, me. And then he heads to the kitchen when he pieces together what's happening. And he also takes us into a brand new feature that I'm going to debut in just a moment. Oh, very Ooh. nice. So anything else in that little lobby patio scene? Well, I did really enjoy, you know, when they had said that the thing about uh, Roland that reminded people of Liberace was his walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, he did a little gangster strut <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah. Um, I liked the, actually, I think the uh, Who Me, Hey You, like Abbott and Costello number was my favorite part of that. Yeah. It was really good. Like, yep. My favorite line-wise of mm-hmm. the episode. Mm-hmm. It yeah, was really good. That was definitely solid. I liked it, too. So that's all I have up to this point. Okay, cool. So now we're going right into the new feature. Yeah, I'll introduce it here in a moment. I'm just getting... It's I corresponding like pages out. Every now and then we see a, you know, a scene from the opening, too. And mm-hmm. then uh, that's where Roland jumped over the desk. So Yeah. But yeah, that's one. Yeah, I wonder if they, how much of that first season they had recorded once they, when they made the opening. Like, had they done most of the first season? Because I feel like even up in episode five and six so far, we're still seeing scenes from that opening. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if we'll be seeing them all the way through mm-hmm. the end. Possibly. <clears throat> but. Yeah. I don't know what kind of recording schedule they keep with those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bi-weekly every other Saturday night. Right, yeah. <laughs> Come hell or high water. <laughs> All right. Almost wonder if we should take a bathroom break before this next one. If you need to, we can, we can take nah, one. Nah, we'll power through. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. All right, so this new feature is called um, The Golden Palace Players. Ah. And in it, I'll be the stage manager and we'll play any roles that are uncast. Alan and Ski will be provided scripts that they'll use to help reenact <laughs> some moments that I don't think I'm qualified to recap. Hmm. So for this debut performance, Alan will be playing the part of Chewy, and Ski will be playing the part of Dr. Fong. All right. Excellent. Gentlemen, your scripts. I think this is a bad idea. <laughs> there you go, Dr. Fong. Now, am I expected to be extra... Uh, you, you put whatever spin on it you want to, sir. Stereotypical here. All right. So I've... Uh, Put a little dot there next to your lines right, and everything. Appreciate it. So everything's good to go here. All right. Uh, so we start our scene in the kitchen. Sophia sends Oliver out the door with a delivery and announces that they're running low on fortune cookies. Got it. Roland asks what the hell is going on, and Sophia tells him that nothing is going on. It's a normal lunch. Roland accuses Sophia of taking the Chinese restaurant orders. She says she isn't. Dr. Fong <laughs> enters the kitchen and immediately starts talking to Chewy. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Let me try to put this on here. Back in one, all we talk. She says, Oh, she 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 she. Megwaxi, whoa, Zadi, Gagongong, Jiatong, Zenmei, Yang. Okay. Sophia confesses to the fact that she is taking the Chinese restaurant's orders. Roland asks who Dr. Fong is. That's Dr. Fong. She's a friend of mine. She's also one of the best acupuncturists in the country. She also makes a mean butterfly shrimp. Butterfly shrimp. Mm. Sorry for the racism, folks. (laughs) That's a decision you made, sir. (laughs) So Roland tells Chewie and Sophia and Dr. Fong that they cannot do this. Uh, Sophia explains that they're just trying to earn some extra money for Oliver and his big mate. You know, that way, after his class trip, he can take her to the movies or something. 
Roland asks how much money they've raised so far, and Sophia announces $1,200. Roland <laughs> thinks $1,200 for a movie is outrageous, and apparently he's <laughs> unaware of how expensive it is to make heartbreak feel good. <laughs> we transition to the Golden Palace uh, dining room and a staff meeting. Roland tells everyone that they need to reimburse Oliver and to provide him a little profit. He also tells them that they need to pay Dr. Fong for her work. He tells them to then deduct the cost of the food and to give the proceeds to the real Golden Palace restaurant. What do you mean? Give back the money? Man, we earned it. Roland explains that they took another man's business and they're being unethical. Sophia interjects that it's a dog-eat-dog world. Dog? No eat dog. No cook dog. <laughs> the remainder of the scene continues in the dining room. Chewie and Sophia try to calm down Dr. Fong while Roland explains to Rose again that Vivian cannot stay at the Golden Palace. Roland finally convinces Rose that Vivian has a better chance of being found if they contact the proper authorities. She leaves the dining room to call the cops. And scene. <laughs> I saw the the writing. Did, is that actually translated for anything, or you just no. put down a bunch of characters? <laughs> I, think, I think I went to a Google Translate and I put in like, you know, sorry, I'm late. My bus was running slow, or something like that. <laughs> and then the response is like. Oh, you can't trust public transportation or something like that. <laughs> I forget it was something innocuous like oh, okay. that. Yeah. So um yeah, there was just some content in there that I wasn't comfortable saying out loud. Yeah. And I was like, oh well, here's a nice way to get ski to say it. Right. <laughs> You're welcome. Because I wasn't even gonna try to impersonate Chewy. Yeah. <laughs> I did it as vanilla the way I possibly exactly. could. <laughs> Plus, in all honesty, Brent, uh -huh. you know, the uh, SAG's on strike right now, so I don't know if we should be doing these, <laughs> and so is the uh, Writers Guild, so. Alan went vanilla, I went sweet and sour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now we're back in the lobby. Uh, Roland is reading the deluxe hardbound edition of Blanche's Smut Book, and Rose comes in to tell him that she's called the cops, and they're, uh, they're on that squatting granny. Uh, Roland tells her that she's doing the right thing. The cops show up, and Roland isn't afraid, isn't afraid for his life. It was a simpler time. Huh. <laughs> Roland, <laughs> Roland takes Rose to the office so she doesn't have to witness Vivian being taken away by two of Mr. Hitler's enforcers. All right. <laughs> uh, we cut to the living room, and we see Rose, uh, Sophia, I'm sorry, we see Sophia fixing Vivian some tea. They have a nice moment and a bit of mistaken identity regarding Sophia and Vivian's former housekeeper, Consuela. Vivian leaves to get Sophia some juice, and then the 5-0 roll into the dining room to take away Vivian over Sophia's objections. You know, they haul away the wrong old lady. Roland again tells Rose that she did the right thing. I thought that was a nice shot, like a funny shot where they were showing them in the office there yeah. with her back to it. Don't yeah. listen, don't listen. <laughs> yeah. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. I do, though, feel like that she would have recognized Sophia's voice. I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> what was she covering her ears? Um, maybe, because I guess she was kind of screaming as they pulled her out. Yeah. Like, but you would have thought me, maybe at least me, Roland would have. Yeah. yeah, I would think somebody would have uh, at least turned to be like, hmm, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Roland chose not to hear it. Yeah, yeah. could be. <laughs> All right. So uh, Roland's leaning against the front desk reading some books about sex from the Florida Public Library. It was a simpler time. <laughs> Chewy scroll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my favorite Brent joke of the episode. So <laughs> I don't far. like that one too. Very, uh, very poignant. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Take that, DeSantis. So Chewie strolls in and um, asks Roland if he's ready to have the talk with Oliver. Uh, Chewie says he brought 
He brought puppets to use as a visual aid because no sex talk is complete without AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) It was the early 90s. Roland tells Chewie to proceed, and he confesses that he knew his love of puppets would be his downfall someday. It's a nice bit of character work from the writers, even if Don Cheadle can't quite sell it. (laughs) Uh, Chewie announces that his uh, show is called Long Day's Journey into Puberty. He then launches into his puppet show for Roland. Despite being a bit aggressive, it does seem to point the conversation in a good direction. Oliver enters the lobby, and he's wearing uh, rolled leg warmers, unbuttoned overall shorts, and a short-sleeved hoodie. I'm glad whoever dressed Dorothy didn't lose their job between seasons. <laughs> I, I, wrote, I wrote the same description of his outfit. I mean, not, not exactly word for word, but when yeah. I saw that outfit, I, I made a description of it as well, because yeah. it just was so odd. Yeah. <laughs> it was like someone was like, what do kids wear in the 90s? And exactly. they put all of them together. Exactly. <laughs> You know, Roland tries to launch into the talk with Oliver. He's cut short by Oliver's announcement that the Florida public schools will be teaching him about puberty. Mm-hmm. It was a simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roland and Oliver have a nice moment that's built around the fact that it's okay if Oliver isn't ready to date. Uh, we cut to later that day when the crew discovers that Vivian's still loitering. Uh, shortly after that, the police return Sophia, and Vivian is reunited with her true daughter, Charlene. Uh, Vivian asks Roland, who, who she still believes is Liberace, if he'll play something for them, Don Cheadle then plays I'll Be Seeing You until the credits roll. Of course, we're not just provided with the closing credits. We're also giving an encore performance by the Golden Palace Players. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, I'll be the stage manager and Ski will be Dr. Fong. This time, however, <laughs> Alan will be playing Vivian. Ah, okay. Yeah, I wonder how it would go if you had Ski play Liberace. <laughs> Uh, so Roland is again at the piano, but this time the entire crew of the Golden Palace Hotel plus Dr. Fong are standing around. I'll find you in the morning sun and when the night is new. What a coup. Liberace and Eddie Gourmet. I'll be looking at the moon, but I'll be seeing you. And scene. And scene. <laughs> 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 a little late on the trigger there. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I could have just bowed out. It would have been oh, it's fine. <laughs> it was all good. I wasn't sure which way he was taking that, because when he first yeah. started singing, it sounded yeah. <laughs> a little questionable. It did. <laughs> it did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, well done. Um, I, before I get into, like, the guest actors or anything, I was curious, uh, since it relates to the episode, did either of you two ever have the talk with one of your parents? No. I think I had kind of a generalized talk with my mom and dad. Just like, uh, I think especially it came in maybe when we had like sex ed for school and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we just had kind of a, a generalized talk about, you know, what am I going to learn and stuff like that. Right. So. Yeah, no, I never did. Yeah, I never had. The closest thing I ever had to the talk with either of my parents is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> My mom, so my dad at his house mm-hmm. had some uh, pornographic VHS tapes mm-hmm. that I procured yeah. and mm-hmm. brought back to our house. Yeah, I was probably, Amy was around, so I would have been over 12. I'm guessing I was around 14 years uh-huh. old when this happened. Yeah. Because Amy was, I had them in a bag, of, I had put it in a bag like of crayons, mm-hmm. and Amy was looking for some crayons and then went over to this bag that those yeah. were in and took the video out. Yeah. And the the entirety of the talk, you know, of course, my mom was mad at me. She was mm-hmm. also mad at my dad um, yeah. for not keeping closer track of mm-hmm. his materials or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
And she's like, I just want you to understand that, like, that's not the kind of thing the girls are into. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I was like, I know. I got no shit, but yeah. I was like, I know. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, besides, I'm too young to be a pizza delivery man. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> but I know there was that part of me at 14 or whatever it was that, like, I don't know, that even to my mom, I wanted to project this image that I was more virile and uh. <laughs> knowledgeable <laughs> than I really was. <laughs> I know, like I'm some kid, don't know that uh -huh. uh, these... Gosh. <laughs> I remember uh, we got like a Playboy ad in the paper, right? Uh -huh. Very mild by Playboy standards, right? Like it had like maybe a picture of, uh, like you were saying, so, like a subscribe now kind of thing. Okay. It was just mm -hmm. a flyer. I mean, it was, I think it even came with some other magazine, mm -hmm. right? Like it was yeah. like a cover thing, say, if you like Red Book, <laughs> buy yeah. <laughs> I was throwing some plane out there. Right. But uh, if you like Red Book, you might also like. Uh -huh. I thought that was good. Uh -huh. Anyway, so like it was some kind of ad, and I thought I would be real hot stuff, and I brought it to school. Uh -huh. This is before I met you, Alan. Oh, okay. So I was like probably third or fourth grade. Yeah, I mean, we went six, though. And I remember showing it to the kids out of my backpack, just keeping <laughs> the backpack very. Uh, Obviously not stealthy because the teacher almost immediately figured out something was going on. Yeah. Walked back and was asking what was in my bag and found out. And then I got reported to my parents mm -hmm. who, like, we had a bit of a talk that night. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably yeah. why I didn't have much of a talk when I was older is because my parents already knew I was <clears throat> interested. Right. <laughs> They knew you were interested, so that's why they didn't bother to have the no, talk. Like, like, as long as he's not into the dudes, then we don't need to talk to him about right. this. That exactly. ship has sailed. Yeah. Um, well, they knew I was already getting some at like third grade. You know? I, I think I've told this on the podcast before, but <laughs> Ski maintained the lie for about a decade that he had <laughs> that he had, had his first encounter prior to us meeting him. In sixth grade. Yeah, and we met him in sixth grade. So this would have been in fifth grade or earlier. And I've said before, Ski's a good-looking dude now. Eh. He was he was not back then. He, Ski was, was the shortest dude in our class. He looked like, I've said this before, but prior to braces, he looked like God just took a handful of teeth and threw them wherever <laughs> they landed in his mouth. Um, they were coming out of his gums and everything. He was like Lisa before her braces oh, yeah. in The Simpsons. Lisa needs braces. Yeah. And uh, there was no part where it was like, oh, yeah, this guy's suave enough to get some action. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, priest count. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Leave but, it to Bryn. <laughs> yeah, I, I did have one other similar type incident where, to what you were describing, although there was a company that had sent like an advertisement. It was like a booklet, like a, a digest type size booklet <laughs> of all of these pornographic videos that they were selling. Oh, my. And I mean, and they had like names and images on the cover that were x-rated you know type mm -hmm. images and names and my mom found that in my room one day and she called the company that uh, mm -hmm. sent that and oh man she went off on those people <laughs> <laughs> she was like I have a minor child and you're sending this to my house <laughs> it was I, I don't think I've ever heard my mom is mad on the phone as I did that time <laughs> so Good for her. Yeah. Mama bear protecting her cub. Yeah. Did I tell you guys about the, yeah, I probably did, but like maybe rehash it because it's topical. Uh, <laughs> when uh, I went to uh, vacation with Nicole and we brought back uh, that Homer thing for you, remember the Homer Buzz Lightyear? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the papers that were covering it? 
Um, I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where it looked like it was advertisements for prostitution or something like <laughs> yeah, that. And yeah, and they had, like, full nudity. Did you get it from Vegas? No, it was okay. actually from uh, Mexico, like Cozumel, gotcha. I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was just, like, newspaper they had laying there. Mm-hmm. It looked like stuff that you'd buy in the news rack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like anything else. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, part of the articles were, like, mm-hmm. this, someone was found in a ditch. Yeah. And, like... Buy this you know, yeah. thing for here's a coupon. Mm-hmm. Also, here's the lady with nipples. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the best kind. <laughs> like, you know, if you stop like at Highway Rest area, they've got like the brochures of all the area attractions or whatever, mm-hmm. or those little pamphlets or whatever. Um, so the, they have those in Vegas for, you know, all the brothels and oh, yeah. everything <laughs> like that. Um, and they just have dudes standing around on the corner handing them out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first time my wife took me to Vegas, you know, I didn't realize that's what they were doing. I thought they were just guys handing out brochures or oh, whatever. Oh, sure, like New York or whatever for exactly. shows. And yeah, things. yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So shows I'm collecting. Indeed, Alan. <laughs> so I'm, like, collecting everyone that they're offering to me. Uh, it's like, oh, thank you. Well, thank you. I'll check this out. Thank you. You know, just super polite. You know, yeah. who's your hospitality? And Helena was so furious. <laughs> and I was like, man's just doing a job. Why do I got to be a jerk to him? <laughs> you know? Great. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> All right. Would you guys have anything else to add before I start into the uh, the guest actors? No, I'm good. All right. Good. I what? think you two are the two guest actors this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Golden we did, Palace players. <laughs> did Phil and Am. Uh, and scene. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, we had uh, Billy L. Sullivan. He played Oliver for the fourth day of the episodes. I know, you know, whether he's a guest actor or not is debatable since he is in the opening credits, but mm-hmm. since he's only in 8 of 24, I'm going to keep mentioning it. Well, it takes one out of three to make the Hall of Fame. Well, that's true, and that's exactly where he was <laughs> exactly. in. So. Uh, then we had uh, Anne Haney. She played Vivian. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is her only Golden Palace, but mm-hmm. she did have an episode of The Golden Girls, mm-hmm. uh, season one, episode 18, The yep. Operation, mm-hmm. and she died, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, she was Bonnie. I think she was uh, Dorothy's... Uh, Roommate mm-hmm. in the hospital, and she was very he, positive lady. Yeah, I'm so. positive she's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can we... you be positive now, though? We just saw her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then we had a uh, Michael Francis Clark. He mm-hmm. was uh, officer number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forty-three titles for him. This was his only Golden Girls. Um, he did or only Golden episode. Uh, Die Hard two, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in the uh, Rocketeer and Married with Children. Mm-hmm. Then a uh, Kelly. Uh, Sinante, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, she played Officer 2. Uh, mm-hmm. Ten titles for her, and this is her only golden. Uh, nothing particularly uh, exciting aside from that. Yeah. Then we had Annie O'Donnell. She played Charlene, mm-hmm. the real Charlene. Yes. Uh, 120 titles for her. This is her only golden girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she had quite a few things that were kind of in our wheelhouse, mm-hmm. although not a lot that I anything I recognized her from. Mm-hmm. But she was in six episodes of Night Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did get into one episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle, X-Files, King of the Hill. Uh, Parks and Rec and Big Bang Theory. So all pretty good. Still yeah. working. Yeah. So, and then of course we had a uh, one other guest actor in that episode. Another really good get as far as eighties, eighties and nineties comedians go. Yeah. Um, we had uh, Margaret Cho. I guess nineties comedians mm-hmm. here. And she played Doctor Fong. So I'm going to start calling Margaret Cho the poor man Ski. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair. Because both he and Ski have essayed the role of Doctor Fong, and yeah. I think he did better. <laughs> Yeah, she was has uh, 480 titles to her. Um, 129 as an actor, but most of them as herself as yeah. a, you know, most well known by far as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And she has a lovely singing voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is her only golden episode, um, but she... I have not watched 30 Rock, although I know that's a big blind spot for me as far as mm-hmm. sitcoms go. Yeah. Um, but apparently she played a Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-un on oh, yeah? episode <laughs> of 30 Rock. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, I think that was it that I had as far as like, it, there wasn't a lot of her acting stuff that I think you'd mm-hmm. know, like be like, oh yeah, I remember her in this. She's more of a person who pops up in things mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's Margaret Cho. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, but yeah I, was, I was excited to see her. And then this was really like her one of her very early uh, mm-hmm. TV appearances. Yeah. Um, maybe her second, I think, TV appearance ever. Uh, yeah, that she was in the um, Move the Crowd, which was a TV movie that she was in prior to this. Wow. And that was the only other acting experience uh, she had prior to, to Golden Palace. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was her big break per se, but you know, maybe helped her a little bit on her credits. Mm-hmm. Her Possibly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Golden Girls are big stuff. Golden yeah. Palace would have been at least halfway decent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 15 million people watch this episode. So uh, that's, that's a ton. Probably more than watch Move That Crowd. Probably so, I would <laughs> say. Um, all right, Ski. So uh, who won the MVP for this episode oh, for yeah. you? I have, I'm prepared to have my uh, pictures out. Hold on. Oh, pictures? Well. You're going to uh, sh- show show the listening audience <laughs> a picture? <laughs> no, I uh, made notes, and I made a little note for myself oh, okay. on the phone. So for this one, I think MVP was Sophia. Sophia? Yeah. Okay, fair I, enough. I think I already said my favorite line, right? The who, me, hey, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That brings me to a question I meant to pose a little earlier. Do you feel like it is problematic mm-hmm. that when they were doing the thing of selling the Chinese food out of mm-hmm. their kitchen, that my thought was, oh, they may not be covered for the uh, insurance liability that would happen mm-hmm. with that, and that's probably why, at least if I was the manager, that's yeah. why I would be mad it didn't even occur to me that they were stealing business from the Chinese restaurant yeah. that uh, they were getting the phone calls per hour. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like that, uh, I don't know, does that make me seem like too much of a capitalist or something of that nature that I would worry more about the liability than I would about <laughs> the... Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're licensed to serve food. Like, I can't imagine you need a bonus license to deliver it, you know? Yeah, maybe not. I, I guess it's more that is it a problem that that's where my mind went and not like, oh, they're stealing from this other restaurant. Yeah. No, I mean, I... It's not like they hijack the phone, or whatever. These people called them, right? You know, it's not like they were handing out Chinese restaurant menus. Well, and, <laughs> you know, like and moreover, this is episode four, right? Yeah. Episodes one through three, we haven't had them ringing off the hook for Chinese food, so yeah. I'm guessing. And it's not the, a new the restaurant's name. new, right? Yeah. yeah. Golden Palace Hotel's been there. Mm-hmm. I think the restaurant probably should have done a little better job about saying what mm-hmm. should our name be in this town. That's a good point, yeah. And back then they had the yellow pages. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. they still have them now, but yeah. don't use them. Right. Yeah, <laughs> people's fingers don't do nearly that much walking anymore. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, that was the only other little thing. So, Brent, who got your MVP for this episode? Oh, Mama. Mama? Yeah. No, I don't know if I could give it to Vivian or not. Um, I, a whole, whole, whole little bit about, you know, if Mr. Hitler catches your daddy before he's had his coffee. Yeah, that's true. That was a really solid line. Indeed uh, it was. But I, I don't know. I also did like the little back and forth between um, Oliver and Sophia. But She was really good as far as, um, you know, I'm who me. I don't want to repeat myself. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> or leave me out of this. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it was both really, really good. Yeah, it's a tough call, but I think I'm going to give mine to Sophia. Yeah, I, no problem but with it's that a toss this time. Up also. Yep. And then how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? Cinco. Cinco. So five slices for Ski? Seven and a half. Seven and a half? You yeah. loved wow. it. Wow. That was really, really wow. good. See, I was right with Ski. I thought it was a five. I thought um, it was mm-hmm. a solid episode, but yeah. um, the 
premise of it was a, I don't know, I felt like it had been a little bit done in the past. Uh, well, maybe another sitcom about stealing business from a Chinese restaurant. Well, I don't think that's the A story. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the talk? No, not the talk. The the old lady who was uh-huh. stuck there. Cause, Sino? Yeah, because yeah, that was kind of similar to what happened to Rose at the train station before. Mm, yeah. So, but anyways, solid episode, but I, I didn't, I guess I didn't love it quite as much as you did. Mm, Although okay. I loved your recap. I thank you. So, Indeed. Thank mm, you. Didn't love Ski's portrayal yeah. as much as you. <laughs> 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 so, I would still say that Ski's the poor man's Margaret Cho. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add before we close up this episode? Mm. Man, I gotta think now. Um, you didn't have it ready, huh? No, I didn't. I didn't now. You don't know how to say "stay golden, cocoa and mandarin." No, I do not. <laughs> sadly, <laughs> I can fake it. <laughs> yes, please. Let's ski fake it. Sure, go ahead. Well, didn't you have like yeah, extra yeah. stuff to put on there? Well, I've got it now. So if you want to go ahead and do your, happiness to life to us. Stay golden, cocoa. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.